promised recently that I would soon be announcing my next sort of journey as far as a preaching series goes. And I let the cat out of the bag for a few people that I ran into this week, but I'll let the rest of you know. Starting next week, we're going to start a study of the book of Deuteronomy. And I'm really excited about it because Deuteronomy is the fifth book of what's called the Pentateuch, um, the, fi- the five. And uh, it takes lessons from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And it also applies and is quoted many times in the New Testament as well. So as we go through the book of Deuteronomy, we're going to be really exploring the entire Bible, in a sense. And so that'll begin next week, so I just wanted to let you know if, and if you're the type that wants to kind of get ready for something like that, that that's where we're going. Uh, but for this morning, uh, we're going to take a look into a kind of narrative um, account of a, a little event, it's actually a big event for one person at least. Uh, in the book of Acts, and the title of the message is called Better Than Coins. Uh, If you want to have a tag or a big idea or something, it's that we look for daily provision, but God gives us so much more. And there's kind of three things we're going to talk about. We're looking for coins sometimes in life. We're looking for comfort, but we really want to be looking for Christ. So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 3 and verses 1 through 10, and then we will get into it together. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who, used, who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple look, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Have you ever had one of those times in life where there was something you really, really hoped for, something that you thought, if I could get this thing, that there would be a little extra measure of peace in your life, or maybe an extra measure of joy or happiness, and then you wanted that thing so much, and instead of that thing, you got something even better than what you'd hoped for. 
ever happen? Now, I know many people have a story of something like that. They had a need or a longing for something, and they had a desire that never came, but instead something better came. We've all seen videos, uh, they've been all over the internet now, probably for a decade, of the kid who's at school and their, their, their military parent is hiding behind a curtain or behind a door or something, ready to surprise them. And they think the child thinks their parent is overseas, and then they see their parent there. And I wonder how those kids started their day. You know, they were probably thinking about their parent. Kids would be thinking about their parent. Maybe they were hoping for a phone call or an email. Um, And the longing for your loved one, especially a child's longing for their parent, can be overwhelming. And I can imagine that a child who had missed their parent for months would be looking for any kind of contact with their parent, but that would normally be a letter or email or phone call. But those kids we see in those videos, they started their day, I'm guessing, wishing their parent was more in their daily life, wishing their parent maybe would call that day or something. And then they have this wonderful surprise, not an email, not a phone call, but they look up and see their parent walking into the classroom. And it's amazing. And whenever I see one of those videos, something gets in my eye. And they, I don't know what happens. But, you know, when we're expecting something that we greatly desire or maybe something we even need. But instead we get something so much better, monumentally better then we respond with such great joy it could manifest in tears, just as those videos we see of the parent coming home in the military. In our passage today, we see something that's similar to that, a poor man who had to be carried each day to a place where he could just sit and beg for a living. He's simply hoping for a few coins to get him through and meet his daily needs. And he had become a fixture at the beautiful gate because we saw that people recognized him as the one who sat there at the gate. And he was looking for a few coins, something he could use to buy bread or maintain his poor life. His expectations were not much. He probably knew about how the day would go. He probably had done this long enough that as he watched people walk by, he could size them up. He knew probably who would maybe be a potential person to give him something. He knew probably the type that would walk past, turning their head and pretending they didn't see him. And he probably knew those people that would say something rude to him as they went past as well. But all he wanted was a few coins. And he probably notices Peter and John that they... These, these ones seem different. There's a joy about them. They probably seem like these are the type that will help a brother out. And so he wants a few coins this day. His prayer might have literally been, give, us, give me this day my daily bread. All he wanted was to survive. And how many times are we like that? We look to God just enough to get us by. We come to church Sunday morning after a week of working hard, 
and dealing with people and problems all week, and we simply want to be recharged or refreshed to make it through another week. And sometimes we, like the man at the beautiful gate, have daily needs. Maybe we need to come up with a rent or a car payment or money for food. Sometimes we have unexpected expenses like a car breaks down or needed home repair. And our prayers in those situations can simply be to have a need met. In those times, we're a bit like that lame man just looking for a few coins. A few coins from the pulpit to get us through the week. A few coins for the rent, the car payment, whatever the need is. A few coins would just get us by. A few coins would help us meet a need. A few coins would relieve us of concern for a moment. A few coins would be enough that we could simply make our lives more bearable. But what those coins actually represent, my friends, is comfort. What we are really looking for is comfort. All of our daily needs, such as food, clothing, shelter, they're really for our comfort. If any of those needs go unmet for a day, we'll still survive. We may be uncomfortable, though. But God has so much more for us. He doesn't want us to be so focused on the daily grind that we lose sight of what is most important. Eternity. The kingdom of God. His will for our lives. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew 6, starting at verse 31, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This means not looking for coins, not looking for comfort, but looking for Christ. We need to be daily seeking him and the kingdom of God. If we do that, then he promises to take care of our other needs. Our God is a God of provision. Jehovah Jireh, the provider. God is also a God of healing. But as wonderful as it is to have our daily needs met, as wonderful it is to have his healing touch raise someone from a bed of sickness, how much more awesome and wonderful is Jesus Christ our Savior. Jesus Christ our Redeemer. Jesus Christ the King of kings and Lord of lords who brings the kingdom of God. We must not be looking for just coins or comfort. We need Christ himself. And I started out by talking about that those times when we have a longing for something, a desire. I'm going to share one with you from my own story. So Janelle and I have been married 21 years now. Um... When we had been married a few years, we took a vacation. This is when we were living in Minnesota at the time. And we went to Walt Disney World. And while we were at Walt Disney World, we went to a show that was a Beauty and the Beast show on the stage. And as we were walking out and the show had ended and the music was still playing, 
we were walking right behind a family and holding her daddy's hand, swirling and twirling to the music, dressed in her little bell dress, was this little girl. And she must have been enraptured with the fairy tale and she was in a dream world, probably imagining herself to be Belle dancing with the prince. And right in that moment, I was filled with a great desire to have a daughter. I, I craved it. I saw that little girl with her daddy, and, and that's what I wanted more than anything else. A couple of years after that, or a few years after that, I actually found myself working at Walt Disney World. We still didn't have children. And as much as it was a joy and a happy place and a fun place to work, I was constantly seeing little girls in princess dresses. And that desire to be a daddy kept growing. Even the employees I managed knew how much I wanted to have a little girl. And they also knew that Janelle and I had been frustrated by not having children for, at that point, I think about eight years of marriage. We desired them, but we had, for some reason, not been able to conceive. At the same time, we were living north of Orlando, and we started attending a Christian Missionary Alliance church there, Neighborhood Alliance Church in Longwood, just north of Orlando. And the pastor there, who's still the pastor there and became a great mentor to me, Tom Myers, is he preached expository preaching. And I had never heard anything like that before. But he took us through the scripture. He challenged us. And during that time, the Lord began to work in me and I became eager to read the Bible. And I read through the Bible. I was trying to grow close to God. It was a wonderful time. And so we became more and more active in that church. And Janelle started attending a Bible study there with the ladies. And one night, as the ladies were sharing, Janelle poured out her heart and our longing for children and our frustration and sadness not having children. And that night, the ladies prayed for Janelle that God would heal and we could have children. And Janelle had been seeing a doctor at that time to try to find out if there was some reason why we weren't having a baby. And one day, uh, Janelle got a phone call from a nurse at the doctor's office, and she left a voicemail, and it sounded really dire. We were concerned because she said Janelle needed to get in right away because uh, the doctor had discovered something on the ultrasound. And it sounded really serious, so we called all of our friends and we were just imagining all the worst things it could be. And this was about a week after these ladies had prayed for Janelle, or two weeks, I think. And so, concerned about what the doctor had found, we called all of our friends. We said, please pray for Janelle. Something's wrong. And everybody prayed. So Janelle went to the appointment and called me, and she said the ultrasound had indeed picked something up, but it would be okay in nine months. Uh, so she was pregnant, and this was less than two weeks after these ladies had prayed for her. And so we came into our Sunday school class that week, and all of those who were praying for this serious thing were like, well, what happened? We were praying, and we told them, and they had great joy and excitement that they shared with us. And 
I'll add to that that during that time of that pregnancy, at one point, Janelle's doctor said, I think you should go see this genetic specialist because he was concerned about one of the ultrasounds. And we went, and they did an ultrasound, and they, he said, oh, they're, you know, they measure from the elbow to the wrist, or I don't know, all this stuff. And, oh, there might be a problem when she's born. You know, you do you want to consider whether you want to terminate the pregnancy? About as close as I've come to hitting a doctor. Um, but no, we were not going to do that, and we're outraged at the thought. But needless to say, Gabby was born, and, and we didn't have any of those things they said were potential um, problems. And then two years later, after that, we had gone to uh, Trinity Bible College so I could get my degree, and we had our second daughter. And then we had our uh, internship back with Pastor Tom at Neighborhood Alliance. And uh, while we were there, before we left that summer, we found out we were having a third child, and so there must be something in the water at Longwood, Florida. Um, but that was a girl as well. As you know, we have three girls now. So here's the point. Early in our marriage, like most newlyweds, we sometimes struggled to have the coins we needed. In our desire to grow our family, we were looking for comfort. But when we finally came to a place in our lives where we were truly seeking Christ, we found something even greater. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. The coins, the comfort, and all these things will come. And several years ago, I came home and the girls had just finished watching Beauty and the Beast and the same music was playing at the end of the movie that was playing when we left that theater in Florida many years ago when I saw that little girl dancing up the sidewalk and felt that desire to have a little girl. And as I walked in the house, there I had three little princess dresses dancing around the room. And God reminded me right then of that desire that I believe he put in my heart that many years ago. And I realized the desire came from him. And I just realized that he had done for me exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ask or think. Now, when I tell this story, I always want to have a little bit of caution because I'm not saying that God will always give us exactly what we want. But when we seek him, what he has for us will be much better than we imagined for ourselves. When we study God's word and work to make his thoughts our thoughts, we discover that our desires are growing or maturing into biblical thoughts. And at some point, as we go through our journey of faith, we see that we, what we really needed was Jesus. And the more we grow to understand him, the more we realize that he is really all we need. Everything else, all of the provisions, all the blessings, all the family and friends, and all of that fade in comparison to the worth of Jesus Christ. The lame man at the gate beautiful was only looking for and comfort, but he was given so much more. He was looking for a means to make it through another day, and the power of Christ working through Peter and John gave him the ability to earn his own coins. I was reminded of the saying, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach a man a fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. 
In this case, it was give a man a coin and he'll eat for another day, but heal the man and he can earn his own living. The real story here is that if we point a person to Christ and they respond in faith to receive the gift of salvation, that person will have eternal life. And think of the reaction of the man. He leaped. Reminds us of a passage from Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. God has so much more for you than coins. He offers eternal life, abundant life. The coming of Jesus was only the beginning. The apostles were being used by God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to impact the world. This message could not be more clear. Man says, give me coin. God says, seriously, coin? That's all you're looking for? My child, I have so much more for you. Peter recognized that as wonderful as the healing of this man was, it was not the main thing. The people gathered around. And just like in Acts 2, Peter recognized there's people here that have been drawn here by the power of God and his responsibility and his drive was, I I see a congregation of people here, I'm going to give the gospel. And so like on the day of Pentecost, Peter warned the people of their sin problem and it says many more believed. So what does this sermon say to you Today, what are the coins you've been begging for when Christ would be pleased to grant you life eternal and life abundant? What coins do you need that will provide more than a daily existence? What comfort is greater than the comfort and security of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? What comfort on earth compares to Christ? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Do you open the Bible for a verse a day just to get you through that you forget before lunchtime anyway? Or do you look into it to search the depths of its vast riches so you can grow closer to God and be more like Christ? Do you come to church just for a recharge to get you through the next week of the rat race? Or do you come for springs of living water that don't quench your thirst for a moment, but give you that you will never thirst again? Do you pray for a moment of peace in your hectic life when God promises you peace that passes understanding? Are you so worried about the coins and comfort that you miss out on Christ? Friends, we serve a God who knows. He knows, Isaiah said. He knows your struggle. He knows your heart's desires. He knows what you need to survive the upcoming week. He has every answer. He says to you this morning, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the coins and comfort will be added to you. And the God of the Bible who always kept his promises still keeps his promises. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his righteousness. Seek his righteousness because, I hate to break it to you, your own righteousness is like filthy rags. The only righteousness 
that works as that of Christ. And we clothe ourselves in him, Paul said. So be good. Be holy. Seek righteousness. Allow God to chisel you into his masterpiece because there's so much more to life than just getting by day to day. And I'm not standing here today to throw you a coin or two that you might make it through the week with your batteries recharged. I'm offering you so much more. I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Don't take his salvation lightly. He purchased you for a price. Live as though he is Lord. Live as he commands. Show your love for Christ in this way that you keep his commands. You can experience his righteousness. You can experience the joy of the Lord. You can be good because by the blood of Christ he makes you good. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And just as God offers more coins for you to take with you, don't accept less than what he has to give. He offers more than coins. He wants you to experience all that he has for you. So open up your heart. Soften your heart toward the things of God. Allow him to move so powerfully in your life that nothing can hold you back from being all that God created you to be. I'm going to read a passage from Isaiah here. It relates to the coming of the kingdom of God. It gives us a hint of what the kingdom of God is like. And I ask you to sit back and close your eyes and listen to God through his prophet Isaiah. He is the one, the God who knows. And he promises what this passage says to those who seek him. Isaiah 35, starting at verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, Your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What are the coins you're looking for? What comforts are you seeking? 
You know, we have prayer rooms to both sides of the sanctuary here if you need to pray before you leave. God wants to provide for your needs, but not just your daily needs. He wants to provide for your deep longing. Every person has a deep longing, a gaping hole in their heart that must be filled. And we try to fill it by acquiring coins and comfort, but it can only be filled by Christ. Come to Christ. He's the only one who can fill your longing. He's the only one who can make you whole. Stop looking to get your coins. The problem with looking for coins is they don't come when we want anyway. We take over and try to make happen what only God can do. What are you trying to accomplish that only God can do? What in your life needs to be surrendered to him? Are you trying to get your own way no matter what? Leaving God and his plan for you as one of those things you'll get back to someday? Surrender to God. I speak to saints and sinners. You must surrender your life to God. You must die to yourself daily. So what are you anxious about? Seek God and he will give you peace. And I'll close with Matthew 6 from the Sermon on the Mount. Starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single life hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of, the, one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that your word encourages us this morning. I pray that we take your word and learn to live it and obey it. Lord, there's no one here that at some point hasn't been desperately seeking the coins and the comfort. But Lord, may we have learned this morning to seek Christ first and the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And let us have faith, Lord, that if we do those things, you'll provide those other needs as well. Lord, I thank you that you have given a group of people here together at Oasis Church who is seeking your kingdom. May we be encouraged and driven forward to do even more for you. That we may impact the world around us 
and that we may grow to be more like Jesus Christ. May it be for your glory alone, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.